Welcome into this special Terp Talk Terrapin Times joint project to bring you one of the great voices of the Maryland Terrapins, Keith Cavanaugh. I'm Wayne Viner, and we're talking about the impact of the early period of National Signing Day. Of course, along with me is the aforementioned Keith Cavanaugh. Keith, you, you know Loxley pretty well. You know what he's been trying to do. You said he was the man for Maryland. How does the last 24 to 48 hours play out towards that vision that you have for Maryland? Well, Wayne, I've been covering Maryland football recruiting for 36 years now, not to date myself, even though I'm still only 29. So in the 36 years ago, you were probably running with the co-eds down at Davu or maybe um, working as a bar back at the Starlight Inn, if you're even luckier. <laughs> but no. What, but, how, what year was it 36 years ago? Well, 86, I started covering the turf. So is my math right, please? <laughs> I think your math is, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I was on campus. Um, funny thing is I lived across the hall from Neil O'Donnell and Ziz, who I still talk oh to both of them. My roommate yep. was Krivak's son. Holy so, cow. Was he a walk-on? I can't remember. Krivak. No, he did, he did not play there, but I got to meet the Krivak family. Great guys. Great quarterback coach for the Maryland Terrapins. And then, as I've said on the air with you before, I was one of your first subscribers when you went with the print edition uh, of the magazine. So that I was gotten out by a dollar ninety-nine a year, right? Something like that. And it was it was uh, that was actually worth it. You did a great job for all these years covering the Terps. But meanwhile, back to what you were saying. Well, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. You've given me a segue here. Neil O'Donnell grew up in my mother's hometown, Morristown, New Jersey. It all comes together simpatico here, Wayne. It does. So when Marilyn resurfaced, now that we're way off topic, when Marilyn resurfaced and went (laughs) to the AstroTurf, or whatever they call that, instead of grass, Neil O'Donnell's company was the company that sold that first, uh, artificial surface and I got got to catch up with him then I was looking for who did that and I was shocked it was Neil O'Donnell so is he still doing color for the Titans Tennessee Titans football you know, games I don't know I don't know if he's still selling AstroTurf either but I should we should go find him is this a Neil O'Donnell show or is this a turf recruiting <laughs> show we wildly digress but anyhow Wayne the point of my story is this in 36 years of governing Maryland football recruiting I've never seen as dramatic a close as this one. Now, two years ago, we saw Rack Jarrett on this day. Mm -hmm. A year ago, we saw Terrence Lewis on these days do the major Flip Wilson moves. This year, (laughs) you get three of them. You get three of your four stars, three of your four four stars total. The class goes, again, from National Signing Day Eve the night before, from 56 to 26 in the national rankings, you go from 13 kids to 20 kids. You go from 13th in the Big Ten to 6th or 7th in the Big Ten, and boom, you're nationally relevant, where, again, where 24 hours before, you're saying, my gosh, is this class going to crater in the 50s or 60s? But the one caveat always is, the one factor is Mike Loxley, again, 
It's his relationships, his connectivity, literally burning the midnight oil that night till 2 a.m. to flip Barham. And one of the more bizarre ones, but uh, and then the cherry on the top, Octavian Smith on signing day, the four-star athlete, Montgomery County Player of the Year, the number eight athlete in the country. So to flip those guys from some regional foes you recruit against, be it Penn State, Virginia Tech, even South Carolina now with Beamer down there, you know, of course, they went to DeMatha two years ago and got the running back, Marshawn Lloyd. So it goes on and on. So Locks knows how to get it done. He has the staff hardwired for recruiting. So, um, you know, this will finish out as a top 30 class when all is said and done. Network solutions, managed IT, and technical support. Viner Forgates makes your company work. Solutions to protect your business from WatchGuard, including firewalls and endpoint protection. Protect your company and make your company work with solutions from Viner Forgates. Well, I, I love the, the somewhat nonchalant we took guys from Penn State, Virginia Tech. I am jacked that we took guys from Penn State. I mean, we needed a big-time offensive lineman, yeah. and we got one. It's just that he had already committed to Penn State. That's Andre Roy from St. Francis Academy. How do you imagine – not going to ask you for anything you can't divulge, but how do you imagine a Mike Loxley works his way back in and gets the offensive lineman he wanted away from not only James Franklin, but Lincoln Riley wanted the guy at USC. How does Lox work that back to Maryland? Yeah, well, in the end, I think Penn State was a little ambivalent about Roy. Uh, so he kind of slid Maryland's way. But we'll take him. That's two St. Francis guys in this class. He's 6'6", 305. We know the need for tackles out of Maryland. Um, but you're getting two St. Francis kids. You're getting two Spalding kids. You're getting a McDonough kid, a Calvert Hall kid, a Wise kid. Obviously, the keys in recruiting are how you close at the 11th hour. Check the box. Do you keep the majority of the locals that you wanted home? Now, this was not a great year in the DMV, Wayne. So did they, when you look at uh, some of these late flips and the other guys they got on signing day, yeah, they kept a lot of DMV guys home. Also, did you keep your entire class of verbals solid and committed? Minus one, A.J. Swan, the quarterback out of Georgia two weeks ago, the three-star, that was the only loss of any merit or any note throughout the whole period. Mm -hmm. Did you fill and address your needs um, as mm -hmm. far as guys you needed, be it now or plug and play JUCOs? And how did you fare against your regional rivals? So when you put all those criteria in together, uh, they finished strong. Uh, they minded uh, the home fences. Uh, they got guys to flip. And, you know, coffee's for closers, as you know, um, and, they, and they close it out. Um, so major props in a lot of different ways. Now they still need to add by two more guys. They will go get a portal quarterback and they will get a portal cornerback uh, to fill some more needs. And then as we saw today, Asita Smith left for the portal, the numbers will be constantly evolving. So, you know, you'll maybe by February try to pick up another high school guy or, or transfer or Juco or portal, you know, the guys come in so many different ways and shapes and forms these days. So we'll see how it closes, closes come February. Well, uh, National Signing Day, the I'll still say the real one, is the first Wednesday in February, as it has been for forever. This new early period, Mike said, I talked to him on Tuesday, that this really helps Maryland because it, it cements this class. They take 20 kids early. 
I guess one of the stars of the class is this running back from Midlothian, Virginia, who was going to Virginia Tech. For whatever reason, he flips back to Maryland. Maryland really did need one more running back, and they get a kid, Ramon Brown, ranked 10th in the country. Um, I guess running back's a place where you might see somebody actually come in and play where the plan for the lineman is to get him in the weight room, get him into training, and hopefully you can redshirt him and, and play them later, a la Minnesota, that the entire offensive line's 24 years old per person. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you think with this running back group that it's sort of moving towards Mike's more multiple offense, that you're going to actually have some breakaway guys? Is Ramon Brown, uh, from what you know of him, a breakaway runner? Yeah, I mean, given you lost Jacobs, okay, given you lost Penny Boone, you know, you redshirted Hemby. You got Littleton and McDonald playing right now in the bowl and Tayon Fleet Davis, of course, the senior. So Ramon Brown has a chance to come in and bank the situation right away. 5'11", 202, he's got power, speed, vision. He's not a 4-2, guy who's going to finish every play in the end zone, but he can run between the tackles, good vision, good toughness. Mind you, Penn State and South Carolina were all over him to try to get him to flip their way just as well. Fortunately, the coaching shakeup down at Virginia Tech, um, Maryland was able to be the beneficiary there, but he steps in right away, just like a bar Barham at linebacker, given the linebacker losses in the portal last month. And then let's not forget about Vandarius Cowan, the former Alabama, former West Virginia senior portal transfer, obviously has had some issues and troubles in the past. He's coming in with one year, former four-star, played in seven games as a true freshman at Alabama. That does not happen often. Four-star out of Palm uh, Beach Gardens down there in Florida. Hopefully he can walk straight and narrow. He can see what's in front of him if he finishes his career well and he can extend his career to the professional ranks. He's of that caliber. Yeah. Hopefully he follows the J.C. Jackson model of right. coming here, mm-hmm. <laughs> staying, keeping everything clean and everything and uh, performing. And we'll look at J.C. now, um, just lighting up. Well, the well. In hey, the you know, Cowart, uh, Byron Cowart, although he didn't have as many issues, Came yeah. in as a transfer from Alabama, plays the one year, goes to the Patriots. Trey Watson, yep. who was a very impressive person uh, academically, no. the whole bit, yeah. comes in one year and becomes goes from unknown to playing in the league. Maryland has a way of doing that. I'm not sure how that magic works, but if this kid can play, Maryland certainly can spotlight talent and put kids in the pros. Yeah, and even the Alabama offensive lineman is in the portal now, Pierce Quick, um, you know, portal transfer. Uh, he visited last weekend. They're still in play with him. I'm not feeling Alabama transfer corner Marcus Banks. I don't think they'll get him. Obviously, Bennett Meredith, the quarterback, uh, former Northwestern commit who was from Alabama, he's not coming. And, um, <clears throat> you know, Carolina linebacker Eugene Asani is still out there. The, the Florida receiver, both portal guys, Jacob Copeland, still out there. I really see the next two portals being a quarterback. And again, it's an evolving thing. Portal guys pop out every day, and they will continue for months on end. So you'll sit back and you'll you'll uh, identify a quarterback and a cornerback, and then hopefully by February. Which is unfortunate. I know you heralded it as the signing day, but it's really become an afterthought. You know, remember last February, they didn't even do a presser uh, yeah. <laughs> because there were either so few signings or everything is done in December. 
now the NCAA is talking about maybe having a January one, which I think everyone's kind of opposed to. The earlier, the better, because you can get locals. Um, and in a school like Maryland, that depends heavily on getting locals. Uh, you can get those guys to commit early and lock them down before other schools have months and months to come in and try to poach. Um, so, you know, Loxley worked his magic down the stretch. Elijah Brooks, Brian Williams, all those guys. Um, yeah. Well, you said Elijah Brooks, and I, I, though we weren't going to take all day on this segment. So we're close to the end of, of this one. But Elijah Brooks, uh, where a lot of Maryland fans wondered what was his value in recruiting. Boy, he did well this time. I mean, the relationships he had starting to pan out. And uh, I think a couple of these guys he knew from sixth grade on, and he ends yeah. up being able to recruit him to Maryland. And Ramon Brown is one of those guys. He tried to recruit him years ago, 10, 12 yeah. years ago. Yeah, and, and Barman too. Barman, of course, is from D.C., District Heights. And um you know, obviously, DeMatha didn't have as many blue chippers this year. <laughs> uh, Gonzaga didn't have a Caleb Williams this year. Again, the DMV was a little light in the you-know-what uh, this year. But they were able to call out enough guys. A lot of the development guys, I think, down the road, more, you know, after a year or two of seasoning, be it Preston Howard or Daniel Owens. Um, I like the two Spalding kids. Obviously, Colton Deary from Pennsylvania is kind of the sleeper of the class, the offensive right. center, who I think is a national champion, 58-1 uh, high school wrestler. Yep. Um, <clears throat> then you added some Juco beef, Max McCree, 6'6-290 out of Iowa Central, a place they always dip uh, into recruiting. Um, so, you know, is it last year's number 18 ranked class? No. Um, but this one came a long way in a very short period. It and did. Again, you know, be before we wrap it, those Juco guys, when A, they've come in and they've played. They've played well enough. I think Jahari Branch, uh, the, the guy who was playing center for most of the year, came in from Kansas yeah. or Erica. Iowa. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, it allows these younger linemen to sit the year or two they need to sit to develop. I, I love Maryland bringing in these Iowa Central um, type guys. And if my memory serves me correct, before going Juco was, was all the rage, uh, didn't um, Sean Hill come from the same type of program to Maryland? Oh, yeah. Coffeeville, right? Um, Coffeeville, Juco, and Kansas. Something now, like that. Yeah, remember his uh, is either that or Dodge City, or maybe I'm mixing him up with Cougar Downing on the basketball side of things. He or, was or well, we had a running back that came from Coffeeville <laughs> that played a couple of years here, way back in like the '80s time machine. Hold on, hold on. Was that Alan Williams? No, it was even oh, before that. Valley, Valley Forge. Chris Downs. Uh, it'll hmm. come to. We'll do this. Still do this next time. All right. So. Uh, who was that forward that Maryland had on the Cougar Downing team? I think his last name was Smith. Yeah, Garfield. Garfield. He came from – he was uh, Dodge City or Coffeyville, Juco. Oh. I can't remember. Or maybe Coffeyville Junior College is in Dodge City. And I'm uh, mixing the two up. But, my gosh, talking about 36 years ago, that's pushing – uh, the right. limits back then. That was long before your, you know, you kids came along with the internet and websites and all this yeah. stuff. And you used to call my recruiting hotline and read my uh, newspaper. Did, did you get news. the poop sheet? The yeah, ACC poop sheet. That was an iconic, great. Um, 
you know, all that news now would be old in five seconds in print form. Yeah. But the, oh no, the, um, the hoop, the poop shoot poop sheet did a great yeah. job. Those guys down Tobacco Road, that you know, and Tom Konchowski, all those pioneers in the industry. Um, that was some good old days. And again, this was when you were your callow youth running the halls of <laughs> Cumberland Dorm and that running I, up I, in, I running was running down the Starlight Inn Talbot. to meet up with Turf Tur Power, I think. <laughs> Talbot. I was Talbot Hall and and more the seller. But of course, everybody enjoyed the VU. And on that note, uh, I think we'll wrap it up before anybody actually gets in trouble. That is where we're, we're on the cusp of getting on, in trouble. But hopefully Neil O'Donnell tuned in today for this trip down in Amnesia Lane as well. <laughs> <laughs> that is vintage Keith Cavanaugh right there. Thanks for dropping in. And hopefully we get to do this uh, around the Pinstripe Bowl in a couple of weeks. And I'm Wayne Viner, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for Thanks. listening.